just can't define. Wish I could turn back the hands of time, us in the six. Shop for new clothes and kicks. You and me, taking flicks, making hits, stages they receive you on. Still can't believe you're gone. Give anything to hear half your breath. I know you still live in your life after death. Every step I take. <laughs> Oh my every god. move I make, oh my god. every single day, every time I pray, I'll be missing you. Just, give, just giving it up for big. Yeah. Just giving it up for oh. big. Notorious. <laughs> <laughs> Super Nintendo it... Sega Genesis. I want, is the, I really, <laughs> somebody right now is listening to the Continue podcast and thinking too soon. It's still, it's still too soon to crack jokes about Puffy's morning. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 24. My name is Anthony John Agnello, who brought you that, that Puff Daddy hit of yesteryear. And with me, as always, are my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts, Susan Arndt. It's it's too hot, man. It's, it's too it's 101 degrees here. It's 101 and degrees where you are. It's 101 and will be all week. That's gross. It's oh, it's it's only June. This That's isn't cool. even the hot hot part of the summer. I'm going to die. I love you all, but I'm going to die. How are the dogs? Uh the dogs are fine, although it was really funny. Uh no, normally Bridget is the one who's like, "Let's go for a walk." Look, this is the highlight of my day. Let's get these walkies happening. And, uh, but she's so, I mean, she's a dachshund, so she's really low to the ground. So even on nice days, she gets overheated pretty quickly because that pavement reflects the heat right back up. But I, I, you know, I try to like, okay, I'll at least walk you to the end of the block. So you get at least that small bit of exercise and you you get to sniff a little bit. Yesterday she was like, no, no, just let me out back. No, I'm not putting on that harness. No, let me out back. I will do my (laughs) thing. I will come back into this lovely air conditioning and that will be fine. Thank you. Just open the door. It was hilarious. Yeah, my daughter. My daughter. It's it's been. I mean, it's not that hot, but it's like you know, like low nineties here. And my daughter is just desperate. She she's at that stage where she's just like outside, outside, out, mm. outside, outside. And as soon as we get out there, she gets this look on her face <laughs> that is not unlike Uncle Owen. When he's like shopping for you know droids from the Jawas, and he's like, "I gotta get back inside. This is not. I gotta this get, is terrible. I gotta get you. You're you speak bocce. Get in. Talk to the boys. Oh. I gotta go threaten my blonde kid. Uh, we also have Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hello. It's not as hot over here. Um, it's weird. Like the weather here fluctuates pretty wildly like yesterday it was all cloudy and rainy and chilly like didn't get above 70 i don't think and then mm. wednesday it's gonna be 92 degrees oh my god so and yeah and then 86 the next day so i don't know and and y'all don't have air conditioning a lot oh no there, we, right? we do here in eastern oh, washington okay. we do uh, okay because it does get like it, it can get up to 100 degrees <clears throat> during the summer. Uh, it's It was in western Washington when uh, I lived in Everett. Uh, we were like a couple miles from the coast. And it's like 90% of the time you don't need air conditioning. You're fine. Just open a window. It's, right. it's nice. 
but the like three weeks of the year, you're like, why don't I have air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me ask you guys a question. Brutal ass hot days in the summer that you don't have to do anything responsible, and you're like, I'm gonna play video games today. Yes. Air conditioners blasting. This yeah. is this is the crucial question. Lights on or off, and shades drawn or not. Uh, it okay. So in my house, because of the positioning of the house, uh, in the afternoon the sun comes. Like right our, the the back of our house is pretty much entirely windows, so you wouldn't even be able to see the TVs. Yeah, you. you can't see the TV, and it it dramatically raises the temperature of the house. So the blinds get drawn, but there's still so much natural light. I don't turn on the electric lights in the house. My husband says I'm a vampire because I can see in the dark. I was gonna go with, are you a crow fan? <laughs> in 1995, those are the. <laughs> We're describing the living conditions for somebody that like was really busted up about Brandon Lee. I don't. Yeah, like I, I will, I will not turn on the light until the electric lights until I absolutely it's have to. Dark. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm definitely I'm definitely like in my office. It can be, and like I'm an outdoor guy. I like hiking. I like mm-hmm. bike rides. Like these are the things that I do in my spare time. But there are days, like like right now, and we'll get to this later in the show, but I've got a little free time coming up on my hands, everybody. <laughs> and I, I, like, I'm already excited for the one day that I'm going to like go into my office, close all the shades, and be like, now, Kratos, you and me, <clears throat> we're going to get acquainted for real. I'm just going to have a fan on, and then like maybe when it's 5 o'clock, I'll turn on my desk lamp. So there's mm-hmm. just like a little light in the corner of the room. That'll be it. It'll be magic. Gotta get that vitamin uh, D. Gotta get that, <laughs> get that sweet vitamin D. Uh, Susan, we were talking about your care of wild beasts. Yes. And you've been, you've been caring for other types of impossible beasts that really hate Jeff Goldblum. Indeed. Indeed. I have been playing uh, Jurassic World Evolution, which is a theme park sim. Yeah. It's... You know, just like they say in in the movie, it's a theme park and a zoo. And so basically mesh zoo tycoon together with theme park and you have this this game. You have to keep your guests happy. You have to build enough facilities. You have to have enough power to generate the park, protect it from storms, all that. Give them give the guests stuff to buy. So you're turning a profit on the flip side. You also have to take care of your dinosaurs. You have to give them a nice habitat. Uh, all that stuff, but you're also researching their genes. So maybe you're splicing in genes that make them more resilient or change their skin appearance to make them more interesting for the guests. And it's, it's that it's, it's basically the same kind of game as surviving Mars, that sort of strategy and, and management and lots of menus just with, Jurassic Park. <laughs> just, just with raptors. Is it that just, complicated? Is it as like oh yeah thorny and deep as that? Like... Absolutely, absolutely. Once you get pa- okay, so there's five different islands. This is the shtick. Uh, five different islands. Basically, the first island is your tutorial island, and it's is pretty... it Isla Nubbler? Yeah, <laughs> they call it uh uh the Islas de los de los Muertes. Yeah, the uh, five. Oh no, lo, los cinco muertes. The five deaths are these islands. Like. Nobody would no. You would not. Oh, that, that sounds but like anyway. a hot vacation spot. I'm gonna right? take my family to I'm the gonna dead ke- islands. 
Right? Of the, the islands of death. Yay! Uh, the first island is your tutorial island, except the tutorial is really bad, as is typical for these games. But that's where you learn how to do research on fossils. Uh, what eat, what the rangers do versus what, I forget what they're called, but the people who like catch loose dinosaurs or clean up dead dinosaurs. Like those are two distinct Sam teams. Neil. They call those Samuel. Yes, Samuel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like, Have you unlocked the portion where a raptor sees Sam Neil, tries to eat him, but then the raptor sees its dead relatives and they're all like weird and cut up and then Sam Neil's like, hell is just a word! And then the raptor's like, no! Wow, you are... That was a reach, man. Right? That was... Wow. Okay. For the five for the five people who are with us. Yeah. For the for the Jurassic Park into Event Horizon. <laughs> I, but I feel, you know, I feel like there's a there's a our audience is that Venn diagram. I feel yeah, like yeah. anybody who's listening to this would enjoy a T Rex going, Fuck this ship. And That's then... true. <laughs> <laughs> the Gallimimuses are like, this ship is fucked, Dr. Weird. Yes. Uh yeah. Uh there it there uh Jeff Goldblum does uh, appear in the game he is a one of the voice actors in it cool. and he's like he chimes in every once in a while to kibitz uh, about what uh, you're doing like oh you're putting you're you're uh growing a <clears throat> carnivorous dinosaur what could possibly go wrong with that does he do uh, the laugh like if you do something wrong does he no <laughs> no <laughs> and it has to be said the other voice actors are terrible. They're so, <laughs> so bad. bad. They blew all their money on, on the Goldblum budget. Exactly. They did. And they did. And making the dinosaurs look really great. They, See, I've they only look seen great. screens of this. It looks rad in it stills. Does. And but, like, it looks good in motion? Absolutely. Like, these animals move like animals. Cool. Which is really great. Like, when you see them running and, and stuff. It's really, really great. Uh, so, your, your first island... Is, is you're you're making triceratops, you're making herbivores. It's, it's not that difficult. Later in the game, that's when you'll be growing your T Rexes and your Raptors. And the thing here's the thing about Raptors, I have learned, if they get even slightly uncomfortable, because your animals have <laughs> health levels, social levels, comfort levels, right? The second a Raptor gets uncomfortable, it breaks out of its pen. Great. <laughs> How's the Dino Carnage? Is it good? The dino, oh my god. Okay, so part of the, the, the soft tutorial, this is such a bullshit thing to do, right? So the game is teaching you this, you know, you, you pull the DNA from a fossil and you, you put it in the hatchery and this is how you get a dinosaur. Great. So like the first four dinosaurs you make are all herbivores. Nice, like, oh, my triceratops. And like, yeah, and they're wandering around and they're eating their, their bushes and it's awesome. And then you get this mission to hatch a carnivore. And it's like, well, okay. But the game hasn't taught me how to make a separate pen yet. Uh So clearly I just need to put up a feeding station for him and it'll be okay. This is a lie. (laughs) I let him out. He went right for my veggie sources. He's just like, nom, 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 nom. And he is going to town. He's like, thank you for the dino buffet. This is delicious. And I did not know how to clean up a dead dinosaur yet because the game hadn't taught me that yet. Oh, you have to clean them up. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, because if you leave a corpse there, A, uh, the your guests think that's really gross, and B, it spreads disease. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm like, what do I do? I've spent all my money. Oh, shit. 
Uh, I don't know how to get rid of this dead dinosaur. Meanwhile, Stakeosaurus Rex over here is eating all my dinosaurs. I don't know what... Yeah, so I started that over. <laughs> I like... I love that, like, this is, like, an actual, like, disaster. Yeah! Because every, everybody's talking about, like, Jurassic Park is as limited as, like, aliens for premises, like, as far as premises mm, yeah. go. Yeah, Because every single time, they're like, oh, no, the dinosaurs fucking hate you again. Like, that's, like... You don't have a movie unless it's just the dinosaurs hate you again. Yeah. And I'm like, it's cool that your game is trying to stop dinosaurs from hating everything as long as possible. Yes. Yes. But the, and the, there's another mission. So I restarted. I'm doing much better now. Guy comes to me. He's like, hey, I would like you to make this ste- Stegosaurus. And I'm like, fuck you, pal. A hundred grand <laughs> is not worth it. Screw off. But then the security is like, okay, I need you to let one of the dinosaurs escape. <laughs> What? <laughs> so I did, and there's this. Is, so wait, I got, wait, why? 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 Did oh, you the, I, okay. So uh, they were all herbivores, so they were they really weren't a big threat to the guests, and they wanted to test the responsiveness of the crisis team. So I was like, "But we can't do that if there's no crisis." So I'm like, "Okay." Open up the gate, and there goes my little dinosaur trucking down the cart path. Yeah! This is great! I'm gonna get some cotton candy! This is delicious! Awesome! Samuel L. Jackson's gonna lose an arm. That's what's gonna happen here. I... No one got hurt. I did not get a single lawsuit. Oh! Oh, that's a thing, by the way. Well, I was just gonna that's say, so getting yes. part of the metrics. Yes! That factors into your financials, because if anybody gets hurt in the park, like, because they get eaten, uh, you will be sued. I love that. You so will be much. sued for a lot of money. Yeah, so there's lots of little details to 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 track. It is it is really very faithful to if you actually thought about what it would take to successfully run Jurassic Park, that is what this game is presenting. Cool. Because you, you gotta present theater to your guests while also keep them safe, while also pursue the science of of, of your research. It's 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 got a lot going on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's worth sixty dollars, which is the current asking price. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. It, it sounds like this is something that had a ton of work for it. It's not just a throwaway. Oh, it's not. It's no. not. It's no. not. Because um, I know that there was a sort of classic Jurassic Park sim called Operation Operation Genesis. Genesis yes. And, you know, it doesn't sound like it's just a sort of cheapo trying to... Yeah, this is not some... Yeah, this is not some cheapo tie-in for the movie. Right. This is a legit game that has... How how much was Surviving Mars again? And, like, this... Surviving Mars obviously doesn't have any of the polish that this does. You know, in in some ways, Surviving Mars is more polished. Really? Yeah. That surprises uh, me. Yeah, Surviving Mars, I think, was also 60 bucks. Um, but it's been very well supported since its right. release. Um, it's it's buggier. I will I will say that stuff happens in Surviving Mars, uh, especially in the PC version. But the voice acting is just so bad in Jurassic yeah. World, and it's and that's how the, the like the characters come up. There's a little portrait of them in the corner, and they're like, "Hey, well, I would like you to take a picture of a dino," and it's it, ugh. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, me personally, paying 60 bucks is, is, for this is a little much. Uh, I think it's 45. It's a $45 game. Uh, and for those of you who, 
it doesn't feel overly Jurassic Parky. I mean, it clearly is because it's a dinosaur park. And those like those designs for dinosaurs are so distinctive. Yeah, you know, like I, I feel like people almost forget that after twenty five years, the look of a Tyrannosaurus Rex in popular culture just is the Jurassic yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like they don't make them; that they they just look like Spielberg T Rex now. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so if if you if you're looking to get this because you love Jurassic Park, um, I, I'm not sure it will give you enough of that kind of emotional fix. Mm. But as a theme park sim, it is very good. Why are tutorials for this kind of sim so hard to do right? Because, like, part of the reason I'm never able to penetrate these is because of that. Like, I get to the tutorial and I'm like, no, I'm gonna go swim in the shallow end over here. I think because there's just so much going on that if if they attempted to teach it all to you at once, you'd be like, this is like sitting in history class. Yep. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's, at least for me, I mean, I, I do not have a uh, great history with these games. Surviving Mars was really the first one I ever did. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of learn by doing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was enjoying that enough that I didn't care. Here, the, it, at least in Surviving Mars, while you were learning by doing, you could also do different scenarios. You could get a new map. You could pick a new mystery. You could... There, there were different things. Starting over in Jurassic Park, you need to do the same things over and over and that over sucks. again. That and sucks. that does suck. Yeah. 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 That's a killer. Yeah. It's so it's so hard to... And, you know, like, you've, you've consulted on games before. Like, Indeed. We, we have... We've, we're all people that have been brought in by people making these things in the development process and said like what about this isn't working and it's a very difficult thing to do from the outside when you're trying to help somebody who has to deal with logistical problems with what is essentially an aesthetic and you know sort of more amorphous problem yeah. on the outside and it's tough with information that dense you know i think about games that all of us really love that do teach you very complex series uh, of systems and, and complex information. But Persona 5 takes mm. 10 hours yeah. to teach you all of that. Yeah. And you just don't, you don't have that luxury in, in something like Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park, you think I, I want to see that Raptor eating something. Eating now. people. Yes. I yeah. want to see it right now. I want to see them eating people now. It's just tough. I'm very curious to, I would love to know, like, I don't, you know, there's no incentive for you to do it, but I would love to know what you thought of surviving Mars's tutorial mode now that they've added it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually would like to go back and just see. But just I, see. But, to, but between you and me, I deleted it from my PS4. Because You're like, I can. <laughs> I was like, I need to step away from this game. <laughs> I put, I spent over a hundred hours in surviving Mars. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why I, 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 I had to have that moment with pocket card jockey. Oh really? Um, yeah. Last year. Uh, that game is so good. So I, I have two three DSs mm-hmm. and there was a night where I realized that 
I let one 3DS, I burned the battery down on one 3DS, and then I went and got my other 3DS because I knew it still had some charge and started playing Pocket Card Jockey again on a second 3DS. But it must be two different games. Two different save files. It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. Sweetie. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares that it's two different saves? I've got two different stables. They both need my attention. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. But I'm not, not, not oh, anymore. Honey. Not anymore. I got, my 12, I, got my, I got my 12-month chip <laughs> in May for pocket cart jockey. I'm not wow. going into that shit anymore. Uh, speaking of returning... Until return, they bring it to oh, Switch. Yo, shut up, dude. dude. Oh, God. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. I think we... If anything... We've learned that touch control games are mm. not an ideal fit well, for well, the old Nintendo. Which we'll, we'll get to. Uh, we'll later. get to. But yeah. Mm. First, I, I do. You've returned to another game recently, Susan. You've gone mm-hmm. back to the well, uh, and it's convenient that it is also a game about things snacking on other things. That's in true. Ways. Uh, you, you got into that Prey DLC. Indeed, Prey Moon Crash. Uh, which I, the reason I was late to recording this today was because I was watching the credits. Oh, damn. And, and I was waiting for what, I knew something had to come after the credits, and something indeed does. So, uh, yeah. Let's put, let's put a spoiler warning up here at the top for people. Uh, No, actually. No, you don't want to spoiler it? Because I I figured that we could get in, I, 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 is the ending, I know the ending of Prey is... A thing. Oh, actually, well, this is so. Prey Moon Crash happens in parallel. To, oh, yeah. Okay. See, this is All the right. thing. the The Bethesda press conference did not really get it. Really, did not ex- do a good job of explaining what what Moon Crash is, which is Didn't a big reason why I want to talk yeah. about. So, the events of Moon Crash happen alongside what's going on in the Prey main story. There aren't the only spoiler that takes place in Moon Crash is bad shit is happening on Talos One, which. Not a huge surprise. Yeah. That's you can pretty much intuit that. Um, the shtick of it is uh, there is a moon base, a science base uh, on a moon, it's a Pythias base that is doing experimentation. It's like the sister site to Talos One, which is the space station where everything takes place uh, in Prey. Something bad has happened. They don't really know what. So, th- but they have recordings that they have stitched together into a virtual simulation. And you've been hired to go through this simulation and uh, recount the experiences of five separate people to try and figure out what the heck happened on this moon base. And that is what is going on in Moon Crash. Now, it is a story. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It is a thing you can finish. The roguelike part is... You will start out with just one character. He's a volunteer. All you got to do with him is get to the escape pod and escape. Yay! You have an escape route for each of these five characters that you un- you, know, you will unlock these characters as you go by completing certain things. Each one has their own distinct escape method and each one has their own story. Once you escape with them in their distinctive escape method... Then you find out what their story is, and once you complete their story, then that character is done, and you know that portion of what happened on the moon base. Cool. That's really right. cool. It is. Yeah. It's awesome. So what? How it almost this... reminds me of nine, like the um, Virtue's Last Reward nine nine. Yes. 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 But yes. applied to an action game. That's really yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
So the uh, the roguelike part comes in in that, uh, let's say you send one character out and you're doing stuff on the moon base and they die. If, as long as you have other characters, you can pick up that one and start with that one in the same simulation. Go find the first character's body, take their stuff. Everything that they've done in that simulation stays. Like if they've unlocked a door, the door is still unlocked. If they found a key card, you also have access to that key card. All that stuff. And then you can go and, and do whatever. The goal, one of the goals in the game is to escape with all five characters in one run. So you take one in, you go to the base, boom, start up with the next one. Do, do, do. The twist is that the deeper you get, the more time you spend in the sim, the more corrupt it becomes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and the harder it gets. So you might see a mimic at corruption level one, and it's a big-ass phantom at corruption level three who's, like, mm. shooting electricity at you and shit. Mm. You get harder enemies. More things are broken. Uh, there might be environmental hazards. Like, I was playing one run-through yesterday... This entire base is on the surface of the moon, and it's under a dome. The dome had cracked. Oh. Hmm. So there's dust storms, and you're running out of oxygen, and you got to get into one of the buildings so you can get out of this environment. Uh, I will give you this one tip. This is vital to your success. At a certain point, you will be given two upgrades. One is a pet mimic. <laughs> who will follow you around and point out mimics to you. And he can either wear a top hat or a sombrero. Oh, no, that's why we're talking about this game. That's the, the hat factor. They had you. This yeah, could oh, be, yeah, absolutely. This game could be unplayable. And it's they true. would have you in the fact that you could have a pet mimic with a top hat or a sombrero. It's true. But while he is wonderful, what you really want is your other pet, which is uh, what's, what's called an operator. It's the little flying machines that you will see in the game. Some, uh, some are science operators and they, uh, they heal your side points. Some are medical operators and they heal you, blah, blah, blah. This one just carries stuff. Cool. And he carries over between characters. So as you find stuff, like if you find extra weapons, put it in your, in your pet. If you find extra med kits, put it in your pet. Before you escape, put everything in your pet. And then that way the next character who starts just pull, pulls up the pet has access can take all that stuff this sounds I, I i still haven't played prey proper i've played through the intro and you know just the beginning when it establishes the premise yep. and everything yep. and i i sort of backed away from it and just thought like you know what there's gonna be a day when i'm in the mood for this okay it's just not today okay uh this sounds like a more like, th this sounds more digestible to me mm -hmm. than walking out into the larger sort of simulated world of Prey, where you have to, you know... Uh, this sounds like a more approachable version of the actual game. Uh, Is that it's, fair? Mm, it's, certainly, it, it's, it's certainly smaller and more focused. You yeah. are very aware of what you need to be doing at all times. You just check your objectives and it'll break it down for you. Right. The one thing I will say... I think could be difficult if you haven't played a lot of Prey is you don't understand the systems that are in place. Yeah, yeah. So you it know, doesn't really explain them. Because why it, would it? It, it? 
does, but it also pretty clearly assumes you've played the first game. Sure. And you'll see, like, when I see a telepath, I know that's a high-level monster. I want to avoid that. Hmm. A new player might not know that. They're not, you know, they might not understand that uh, an etheric fa- phantom is much more dangerous than a regular phantom. Uh, also, stuff like recycling junk and fabricating things from the components, which mm. is a big part of prey, uh, and a very, very valuable skill in Moon Crash because, you know, if you need med kits, just go make some, right? Mm. Uh, it, that might not be clear. So someone who hasn't spent enough time with Prey, it is absolutely playable by itself. I think you will be better at it and like it better if you've at least made a decent amount of progress in the in in Prey. So I think it's so cool. Oh, sorry, Dave. No, is the is the map procedurally generated, or is it just like the effects of things that happen to you? So it's the same map all the time. Okay, correct. Interesting. The only. The only thing that will be different is in one simulation, a door might be broken and need the engineer to repair it. In another one, it might be locked and you need a key card or to hack it. Okay. Stuff like that. Interesting. And the, yeah. And the one thing that's that's also uh, really cool about it is there, like in, in the main game of Prey, you can learn hacking. You can learn repair. You can learn all of these different skills. But all those skills are broken up amongst the characters. In Mooncrash, only one character can repair things. Only one character can hack. So if you need information that's in a computer that's only hackable, then you have to make sure your hacker character goes before the character who needs that info. So they can run in, hack it, and then go do what they need to do. Man. I, uh, I'm fascinated by... Arcane does this, but it's also like a larger Bethesda thing. Like Arcane makes these really, really interesting action RPGs, Dishonored, mm-hmm. and now Prey, and then it immediately follows up each big one with like, now we're gonna do the tiny little experiment. Yep, we're gonna do the tiny little experiment, and I love like it's almost like an old PC. Like they're they're almost the last survivor of the old 90s pc gaming sort of business model Mm -hmm. of saying like well we're in the days before dlc there wasn't dlc there were expansions right the proper expansion was basically a full game all on its own that was just slightly less beefy and i think it's so cool that you know their prey has this reputation as being some kind of failure uh, in terms of yeah. sales, and I, I, I get the impression that Bethesda and Arcane had very modest expectations. I think that for, is true for what it was going to do in terms of, like it, it almost strikes me as Dishonored was the thing where they were saying, "Let's shoot for the stars and establish like a big new series with a very mm-hmm. recognizable face that people associate with it." And Prey, it was almost like a pointed. Uh, attempt to make something that somebody would play and they would be obsessed with it 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> I, and, and, and that's me. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say like, like the person who's like, you know what you should play. Yeah. Go play moon crash. Not, not even pray, play the moon crash, the prey expansion. Uh, uh, I, I also will say, uh, I, 
having just finished the game, having just rolled credits on it, 33 hours. Hot damn, that not is bad. not small. Yeah. yeah. That's beef. That and is. What is that, that 20 is... bucks? 20 bucks. Oh, man. And see, now, we always talk about how difficult it is to play the, like, price game. Mm-hmm. $15 is too much. $15 yeah. is just right. Blah, 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 blah. But you talk about, like, Jurassic Park being 60 bucks, and then Moon Crash being 20 bucks, And, man, that's... I gotta... I, I got... There are too many goddamn games. There are too many, there goddamn, are too many games. goddamn games. And here's here's the problem with Prey, is that it's not on a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> And I bet y'all, bet y'all thought it was pretty cool that we weren't talking about the Nintendo Switch for a change on the Continuum oh, podcast. Oh, but wait, but wait, there's more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna. I, I think the entire rest of the show is going to be fairly Switch centric this week. Uh, so to do, would Prey work on a Switch? Would Prey feel right on Switch? I don't it see why not. Bit, yeah, like it would. It doesn't seem like the most. It does some cool things visually, but it doesn't seem so intense that they, it, you know. it, it can be like it can. Right. Yeah, it certainly can be. But uh, I mean, if Doom's on the Switch, I don't see why this couldn't be. And if Wolfenstein 2 is on the Switch. Yeah. And like, man, I, I'll tell you, I, I've seen that actually running in front of me, Wolfenstein 2. And it just I, I finished that on PlayStation 4. And besides like some framiness, it just looks the same just looks the same it's not like doom where doom looks like you're watching it in an old second run movie theater in the <laughs> 80s. oh oh doom's in a five dollar matinee i'm gonna go see it on my oh, this, this Nintendo prints Switch. a little a little worn out it's a little worn out <laughs> no fuzzy that's the best part uh dave you haven't you haven't been playing anything bethesda made you've been playing some other things on switch yeah one of which uh, we sort of touched on earlier about touchscreen developed games shouldn't be on things that aren't good for touchscreens. So, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido, uh, which is as ridiculous as its name implies. <laughs> uh, so the overall, the sort of the high concept of this game is that there is... Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah, the concept. So, there are these monsters called sushi sprites. They're basically Pokemon, but they make sushi. That's their job. And so you have these two factions. You have the evil empire, which wants to hoard the sushi sprites and keep the sushi for themselves. And then you have the Republic, who wants to share sushi with everyone. Your parents died <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. sushi wars. What? <laughs> yeah. So you 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 pick either a boy or a girl. Uh, their name is Musashi. You're a sushi orphan. You're a sushi orphan who hates sushi because the sushi wars claimed <laughs> their parents' lives. The sushi killed your parents. And oh, and, bless. Yeah, but the thing is, like the way that the people battle in these wars and in these battles that you take part in, the so everything takes place on uh, like a sushi conveyor belt. And you have these rows of conveyor belts, and they're all going in alternate directions. So you have, like, four on your side that are yours. You have four on the opponent's side that you can't touch. And then there's a shared conveyor belt in the middle. And what you do is you are trying to match same color plates. So you'll pick one, and then you'll either, using the touchscreen, slide your finger along to try to, like, 
collect as many plates as you can uh, up and down and along the rows and columns. Or using the analog stick, you just hold a button down, you move the analog stick, and it just like, mm. sweeps them up like a vacuum. Collect as many as you can within like seven seconds, otherwise you lose them all. And what, what you do is you collect this giant stack of plates, and those will end up on your table in front of you. And you keep collecting different colored plates, and then once your table is full or once you decide you want to attack, you uh, either press the X button or you swipe one of the plates, and it throws the giant stack of plates at your opponent, causing damage. Cool. And uh, you just it's like a puzzle fighter thing going on. Kind of, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very it's very puzzle fighter. Yeah. yeah. But it's less like. Um, so, the thing is, like, puzzle fighter has a very like column slash slash Tetrisy vibe slash Puyo pop yes. or whatever. Yes. So there's a lot more time to look at the piece that you have and plan where you want it to go. Uh, sushi mm. striker is much more reactive because the sushi plates go so fast that you just have to like okay i uh you look at what plates are coming out and you're like okay I, I think there might be a bunch of green plates here so you you go on a green plate and you try to connect as many as you can you're like okay that's great uh you also have like the sushi sprites uh the different ones will give you different powers uh, so, like, one sushi sprite, when once you collect enough sushi plates, you can activate this power, which turns all of the plates on your side of the field to a specific color. So mm -hmm. you can just snag them all. Another one will slow down your um, opponent's uh, conveyor belts, or make the... Or so you can slow down your own conveyor belts, or make your opponent's conveyor belts faster, so that it's, like, impossible for them to collect sushi plates while they're just zipping by... Um, or you can turn all of the sushi plates into candy, which you can eat to restore your health, and other sorts of sushi sprites do different things. Um, and as you complete battles, it's basically like the, the game takes place on this map of, I think it's Japan, I don't know. Like, they don't really say what country it is. Video game but it's country. But it's very, like, Japan-influenced. Um, and you move from dot to dot on the map, and each dot represents a battle. And uh, you go into the battle, and if you win and you complete certain objectives, you get experience points, which you then use to level up your sushi sprites, to level up your character, which gives you more health, uh, makes your attack stronger. And uh, by leveling up sushi sprites, you also get better sushi, which does more damage. So, like, one of the things, like, you unlocked fatty salmon, so now fatty <laughs> salmon will appear on the conveyor belt, which you can then collect and you'll do more damage with that than you would with, uh, like, you know, octopus or whatever. Uh, it's fun. I like it a lot. The problem is like, neither of the controls on the Switch, I feel, are adequate. The yeah. touchscreen feels like, it sounds like it would be the best way to interact with this game because you can just slide your finger along and you can tap what you want but the 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 touch screen that it uses like because it's like the same thing that like ipad has it's not fast enough like mm. it feels like it oh can't, wow it can't yeah. keep up with your finger swipes so like oh. i'm trying to like poke and drag and it's like it's not working so i just use the control sticks because what you do is you just you pick a plate and you can just rotate that analog stick around and it'll just like whichever one is closest it'll just zip to so you're like okay that's fine and like i do way better doing that the thing is is that it is the best looking version of that game there are loads mm. of anime cutscenes and they look fan it's like watching a saturday like a like a weird funny saturday morning cartoon like it has that kind of like 
buoyant, bouncy vibe, even though it's like... I, I skipped every single one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like them. I think they're, they're, they're kind of... Well, like, of course you do! Well, yeah. Uh, but the problem is then is that like there's also a 3DS version, which I would right. imagine doesn't look as good because you have to you know condense all the video files, yeah. uh, and it's on these low-res screens. But you have the touchscreen with the stylus, which is... I that's that's got to be better, right? Yeah. And the game, the game was this was originally going to be a 3DS yeah. exclusive. They announced mm. it not last year at E3, but not during the E3 presentation. They announced it like they did Salmon's Returns, like mm-hmm. two days into E3 on a Treehouse stream. Like, hey, we've yeah. got this new 3DS game coming out called uh, Sushi Striker, uh, and then it wasn't until a couple months ago that they. Uh, announced that it was coming to switch as well like during a march nintendo direct or something so yeah. i don't know like it's it, it, it's Have you guys but dave is this the first time you've ever played a primary like a game that is intended to be played with a touchscreen on switch as far is as this... i know yeah this is the, yeah. fir- the, the first time that i've actually sat down and like used my done it. yeah and actually done it yeah Susan, have you ever used like I, there are so few? No, I I, I very very rarely play the Switch not docked. Exactly, I like like you know people are playing this either with boom both hands on your Joy Cons or it's docked and you've got a controller. I have only played bef- you know one touchscreen based game on this. Admittedly, it is a lot less action intensive than Sushi Striker. Sushi Striker, like you said, Dave, it's this very reactive puzzle game. It's very fast, yeah. I have only played What Do You Want, Eri Katami. <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> and if people don't know what What Do You Want, Eri Katami is, it's the $5 fucking... I don't even know what we describe this game as. Go to the... Conti- go to twitter.com slash continue pod. And you you can see some footage of this game. It is ostensibly. I I having played this game, I'm hesitant to call it softcore porn, because a, as porn, it's about as tame as like walking into a Suncoast video in 1998. <laughs> like, oh my! Okay, no one is gonna get that reference, but sure I do. It's, Everybody it's, knows. It's like a. It's like. <laughs> walking into a maxim magazine store yes it's like yeah it's like there's all you do in this game is you there's a lady and she's in a trinity from the matrix costume and has cat ears or headphones with cat ears on them and then she you 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 go to a menu. It's all in Japanese. It's not localized. It's on the U.S. eShop on on. It's the rated Switch. M for mature by the ESRB. It sure is. It's fine, and it's it's impossible. I have used a translation app, and even when I know what is happening, it doesn't. It's not parsable. You press a button. You call her on what is her cell phone, and you answer yes or no questions. Okay. And then she she sends you videos of her like in a room where she's just wearing a cat suit. It's not really like erotically posing. She's just like hanging out, being like wearing it. Or she sends you still pictures 
or a new phone conversation opens up. And A, I, I purchased this because I wanted to have this on my Switch before it got delisted. <laughs> because uh, it's hilarious. And I am a pervert, as we've covered on this show before. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, but, like, this isn't, like, as a pervert, this is not a good pervert product. There are plenty of other perverted options for you on the Nintendo Switch. I brought I bring this up purely because I would have wanted a refund for this, not just because of the content, but you cannot use buttons, really, to interact. Like, you have to press the screen to answer yes or no, and the screen is so unresponsive on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch... Like, even compared to a five-year-old iPhone, it feels sluggish and weird. It's like a bad, it's like a bad Android tablet. It's like a bad Android wow. tablet. Which, okay. I, technically, it kind of is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know enough about the technology to know if the touchscreen's functionality could be made more responsive through software updates. Mm. But if, like, a multiple-choice like text game yeah text game where a, a lady in lisa Loeb glasses is like would you like to see my cat suit and i'm like you're already wearing the cat suit i can see we're on the phone like apparently you're in my contacts with the cat suit on i don't know what this game is about uh but yeah like it's it's so unpleasant to play just by touching the screen that like i can't imagine playing something like sushi striker yeah on that screen and, like, At luckily, all. playing with the control sticks is still fun, and it works, yeah. but it's still, like, you just, you feel like there's a better way to do this, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. Also, it's way too expensive. It's $50 on Switch. Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, it's 40, I, uh, there 40 is, on 3DS, uh, 50 there on is a, Switch. There is a demo. Uh, yeah, there's a demo, which, like, it, yeah. I played the demo, and I liked it enough, and I liked the, like, the anime-ness of it enough to mm-hmm. go, like, yeah, I'll put up some, with some control stick wonkery, because I gotta see where the story goes, because it's bananas. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... That's high. 50 yeah, is a lot. It's a lot. For what, I, I really like that developer. It's fun, but it's too much money. Like, 30 bucks. Thir- 30 bucks? Yeah get it but 50 wait, no wait a couple of months like yeah. there's the, the 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 guys who made this uh are called indie zero yeah and they've done uh they tend to do contract work and they've done some stuff for nintendo these are the guys that made nes remix uh for oh. wii u and okay. 3ds and every time uh indie zero puts something out like they have really high profile partners like the other thing that they're sort of famous for is the Final Fantasy curtain call rhythm games. Okay, yeah. Oh, and both both NES Remix and Final Fantasy curtain call are things that came out at forty dollars on 3DS, and within six weeks were twenty. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that Sushi Striker is uh, gonna stay fifty or forty bucks for long. So you know, just just wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave. Yeah. There's a there is. Speaking of Final Fantasy, yeah. you've been playing not Final Fantasy yeah. on Nintendo Switch. Not Final Fantasy well. slash not Bravely Default. Yeah, uh, the Octopath Traveler, there's a new prologue demo that got released. Uh, oh, so it's not... 
See, I, I was avoiding it because I didn't want to then play it again. No, so it's it, what they do is you they give you a three hour chunk of the you have three hours to play as much as you like. Uh-huh. Three hours. There's a hard stop. Thank you for playing our game. Would you like to save? Save the game. You can take that save into the final oh. game. So that's why I was like, oh. okay, I'm gonna give this a go. Okay. See if I like it because that. So I played the whole three hours in basically two sittings. I did not expect how much I was in love with what it was trying to do. Uh, And it reminds me a lot of, like, the weird PS1 games, like Saga Frontier, but with, like, a leveling system that makes sense. So... So the whole the whole conceit of this game is that there are eight different characters, and each character has a unique class. But it's not just like mage or or warrior or whatever. Like there's a warrior guy, but like one guy is a scholar, and he lives in this town where, where he like teaches students and he works in a library. And another character is an apothecary, and they they run a shop where they make potions. Another. Uh, character is a young merchant girl who is trying to like make her way in the world and discover her purpose and you start the game it shows you this big map and you pick one of the characters like you, you just you look around it'll tell you their name kind of like what their background is what their uh, class is and you pick it and you go through like a brief one hour intro that kind of lays out their story. Like, so the first guy that I picked was the warrior. Cause I was just like, I want to get like, get a good sense of like what the combat's like, mm. all this stuff without like dealing with weird stuff that goes with the other That's jobs. That's fair. That's fair. And his is a very basic, like, uh, he was a warrior for a, uh, he was a soldier for this kingdom. He, uh, his king was backstabbed, backstabbed by someone he was close to. And it's, it haunts him to this day. He sells his skills to a local village and his secret comes out. And now he is like, once you finish his quest, he is sent off to like, okay, I'm going to avenge my kingdom. And then from there, you look at your map and it shows his chapter two quest is all the way up in the northern part of the map. And it says level 25. Hmm. When you finish chapter one, you're only like level five. Damn. But then you look around the other parts of the map and all of the other characters have uh, level one quests there and they're all, or uh, chapter one quests and they're all level five, like right about where you're at. So what you do is you go around the map meeting these characters and then you complete their intro chapter. And then once you do that, you're like, hey, look, I need your help. Like the part in... in, um, in your intro quest where you go off to fight the battle or to do the thing that you need to do to set you forward on your mission, it'll cut to a part where like you, your character is talking to the person that you're, that uh, is having their flashback and they're like, Hey, Oh cool. I need to go fight this thing. Can you help me? And you're like, sure. And then once you complete their intro chapter, they join your party permanently. And then oh, neat. Okay. the game scales the monsters and the encounters to whatever your party makeup is at that point. So you're going around the map collecting all eight of these characters. And then by that time, you should be high enough level that you can start doing their chapter two quests. It's really interesting because it's like, they don't, they don't really connect 
why these characters are joining, at least in the intro part. They don't really explain mm. why these characters would join up other than it's like fate. Like that they just mm. happen to run into each other and they need each other's help and then they like continue to help each other out on their own individual quests. But I love that idea of like having these eight simultaneous storylines that are just kind of like weaving in and out of each other. And I assume that it's going to lead somewhere where everything kind of culminates but you know it might not it could just be eight interesting little stories with people who happen to be working together were uh, you able to get all eight of the chapter I got three. one stories i got three, three. three someone three someone on uh the nintendo switch reddit was able to get all eight of them within three hours by skipping every cutscene. Yeah, not uh, to be trusted. Don't, yeah. don't, no, like, let's not, let's not be taking Redditors yeah. in the, in the Nintendo Switch speedrun feats. but <laughs> that's, yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah why, you're, th- why? then you're just trying to do it. Beat, beat the game. Beat the game. like, yeah, I, I stick it to the man. Like, yeah. you're is, is supposed to be enjoying this. It's like, is speedrunning in the modern video game landscape the equivalent of being the guy that said first in the comments? On no, the no, 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 no. It's not that, it's not that There's speedrunning and then there's that guy. Yeah. It's, it's not the same yeah, thing. It's not the same thing. It's not the same yeah. thing. Um, Dave, but, Dave, the battle system. So one of the things that I think is so cool about Project Octopath is they, they announced this, that very first big switch press conference the beginning of 2017 january 2017 they announced project octopath the demo for it came out very shortly after the switch came out last year and they were like we're gonna take everything you do in this demo and then we're gonna just change whatever the game finally is rather than make something like bravely default which is very ambitious and really interesting and good but deeply flawed we're going to put this out in the world and then we're going to tweak it based on how people actually play it. So how, how does it feel to like do the battle system to play through the story stuff compared to that original demo? So, you know, I'd never really played the original demo because I knew that that's what it was. And I was like, I don't want to get invested in this. Uh, But as far as I know, the, the game has changed pretty uh, substantially since then. Uh, I've, I've heard reports that the battles, at least in like a lot of the demos that, that had taken place, like previews and stuff, could take like 10 minutes. Like one they person, were very slow. Yeah. They were slow. But in the, the, where I was at in the prologue, most normal fights were over in a hand, like a minute tops Hmm. because like because the thing is it's like what you do is you learn like okay so each enemy has a weakness and they have a little shield next to their to their name and their hp bar or whatever and that shield has a number and you each time you attack that enemy with something it's weak to it loses a shield point it still takes damage but it'll take more damage once you break through that shield and it gets stunned for a turn so what you want to do is you break through the shield, stun them, and then just unload with everything that it's weak against to take it out as quickly as you can. Um, and the game actually does a really good job of sort of ramping up the difficulty and that sort of thing. So like when I played as the warrior, all I had was a sword and a spear. And basically everything that I was fighting was weak against one of those. Uh, so I could just, you know, you... you blaze through battles pretty quickly the boss fights are longer 
admittedly. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like they dragged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you get another character, it, they start adding like just a little bit more to it. So it's like, okay, so I had the merchant, and the merchant had bow and arrow and a spear and wind damage, or they had a wind spell. And they also had uh, a spell or, or an ability, because they're a merchant, that they can... Uh, take money from enemies basically like a like a thief command but uh more tailored to their sort of uh job in the world and and fights still take about the same amount of time but you have to think about them just a little bit more and there's um once you know what an enemy is a weak to it appears under their character model on the screen so you don't have to guess about like if you figured out something that it's weak to you just boom 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 done through the battle uh it's cool i don't know like the thing is is i was initially positive about bravely default yeah um and also this also has a similar uh mechanic to bravely default too where you can each turn you get um a boost point and you can use your boost points to attack multiple times in a turn which can help you get through like if you need to just break someone's shield right now uh, especially like if and if an enemy is charging up an attack that's going to do huge damage to your party, you want to break through that shield, stun them so it interrupts it. Uh, yeah. So there's this like really interesting interplay between that stuff. Um, I hope that it doesn't get too grindy. It didn't feel too grindy in the initial moments, but Bravely Default got real grindy in the end there. It's, that's, uh... that's always the issue. That's always the issue with an RPG, man. I mean, all three of us love... We all have big, long RPGs that we love. We're all Persona people. But Persona's hook for its battle system is to keep things snappy. It's all about, mm-hmm. you know, giving you either a battle that goes really, really fast and it's really, really hard. You could die or they could die really, really quickly. Or it's about, you know, giving you this feel of impact and activity for everything that's going on. You know, you get to those late stage Persona 5 boss battles on normal difficulty and they can last half an hour, but you feel like every single time you actually stagger a boss and you can all team up on them or all heal, like it it feels momentous. The Bravely Default team has a history of making things that the longer you get into that game, the more time you put in, the battles lose that sense of impetus. Yeah. The thing... Also, the contrast with with Persona and I'd say even something like a Dragon Quest, it's organic grinding. Like yeah. you will face enough enemies as you travel from naturally from point A to point B that you will be an appropriate level by the time you get there. Yeah. So long as you're not ducking fights and and you're exploring the entire area, you will be basically where you need to be by the time you get to your destination. Something one of the reasons why I really disliked Nino Kuni. That was not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like you go had to, Yeah, go find stuff to kill because you need to grind the hell out of that. And some people find that very relaxing and they don't mind having to go seek out stuff specifically to level up. For me, that is not a good use of playing time. Yep. I will, as long as your combat is enjoyable, and I will hit every single enemy on my route. But by the time I... And it, it's okay for it also to require thought yeah when i get there like it's it's totally fine if i'm not just able to blow everybody away but it needs to be a fair fight just by the time i get there or i am out it's it's like the classic model like you like you talked about dragon quest susan and dragon quest as they 
as they moved on, like when you got to Dragon Quest VIII, that that sort of organic feel of you're going to the next story place and you're going to get in this fight, this fight, this fight, this fight, and you're going to now be prepared for whatever the dungeon is that's waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even back like in the NES days, the, NES, the NES Dragon Quest model for the original grind was it's a very, very small world. The enemies get very, very hard very, very quickly. But you would get to the town, there would be a new weapon there, but mm. it would be crazy expensive. And it would the the impetus to go outside and grind was go outside, fight for a little while. When you have the money to go buy the new weapon, you'll also be appropriately leveled for all the things that are gonna follow here. And that is that's a philo- that's a story and uh, environment first approach to making your RPG battle system. And the, the Bravely Default team, they're always... Their hooks, this this burst, is it, Dave? Is it the burst or the break? What is it called? Uh, which one? And... Boost. Boost. Yeah, boost. The, yeah the and boost. Octopath. Uh, I don't know if Octopath is developed by the Bravely team. It is. Is it's, it? It's okay. the, yeah, it's the same battle designer. And so after they, they uh, put out the first demo... The Project Active, one of the directs in the past, Nintendo directs in the past six months, uh, they had like a video update from the Project Octopath team when they announced that it was just going to be called Octopath Traveler. The battle system guy, you know, has like a whole section where he's talking about the way he's tweaked it. And he says, the team says, I like battles to be too hard, but I think RPGs benefit from having a truly demanding battle system. And it's... It's almost like the battles are an end unto themselves, and if you're not into, ah, I don't know. I I'm always just like I look at their games. I'm like, why are you so pretty? Why are you so yeah? You know, this, everything this game about has you a really lovely. nice look too. Like it's got, it's got the, um, it's like pixel art, but all the backgrounds done in voxel, and there's like loads of bloom lighting, so everything just looks kind of like this dreamlike storybook diorama. Um, yeah, it's like. Here's the thing, and I don't know how this is going to pan out because, again, this is like a three-hour demo. I I only met like two of the other characters, um, but it was interesting enough that like I basically just I pre-ordered the digital version, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see how this goes. Um, it gave me that the feeling that I was looking for from I am Setsuna. Mm. that feeling of like an old school jrpg but with the modern sort of tweaks and hooks and and changes and like uh quality of life changes that you would expect from a game made in uh 2018 i am setsuna was just this dull bland yeah it's like you take you play it to go to sleep um <laughs> you play it to cure insomnia yeah and like, and like like no. i haven't slept in three months here's i am setsuna I've never even... Is this the Final uh, Fantasy X that's... battle system? <sighs> uh, like, nothing about it was original. Yeah. This feels like those old games, but with some new new spins. New mm. interesting takes on things that, like, Square's been doing for a while. Like, the job system. Like, rather than having jobs that you pick, each character has a job. But the jobs are a little different. Uh I'm excited to find out more about it. And, like, I wouldn't have found out about it uh, if it wasn't for a demo. Yeah, so, I'm interested I, I, in like, that. Like, they talk about how demos kind of, like, like there are numbers that say demos ruin sales. But, I don't know, I think 
you do something like this, they 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 can work too. So. Is that a thing? Is it is it demos? Is yeah. It, is that yeah. The at thing? at the least like st- studies like like a decade ago, like back during the yeah. 360 era, everyone's like, why aren't there more demos? And there's like, well, actually, the study here they did the numbers, and people who play a demo are less likely to buy a game. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, there's. Mm, there's there's also there's two things one is uh supposedly because we know the majority of people who buy games don't finish them yeah and depending on how good the demo is if they feel like they they got what they needed from that experience then they don't buy the game but it's also the resources you need to make a demo yeah Mm. could and perhaps should be put to better use doing other things for the game like making dlc yeah, because yeah. that's uh, you yeah, know. Right, you, you, you mean it's not there. as it's not as easy as just taking the game and like like just literally taking scissors. Just cut it. Well, everybody cut knows it. that the DLC was part of the game, and then they just cut it they out. Just cut it out. I mean, I, I I hate to say that. I mean that that bears out. There is a a very small sort of under the radar uh, RPG that came out for the 3DS in March called The Alliance Alive, which is a super weird name. Uh, it's it, better it, than it, Octopath Traveler. But, yeah, it's better than Octopath Traveler. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it had some sort of classic RPG talent behind it. One of my favorite composers of all time, Masashi Hamazu, did the music for it. He is the guy that did the Saga Frontier soundtracks, which are goddamn amazing. And I wanted to try the demo based purely on that. The scenario is written by the guy who wrote the stories for Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, like real old school. It's the guy, uh, one of the guys that created Har- the original Harvest Moon was involved. It's okay. some some real pedigree. And I tried it. It's, you know, very clearly a, a game made on a budget, but a super interesting premise, a kind of janky battle system. And I was into it. And the demo was substantial. You know, it took me about two mm-hmm. hours to play through the demo. And then I got to the end of it, and the demo was that typical rpg demo of we're gonna let you play the beginning of the game and it got gets to the end and it says thank you for playing the alliance alive demo when you start the full version you'll start with this many skill points and this many items not your progress will carry over and that that was it that that i canceled a pre-order because of that i was like i'm out sorry guys yeah I, I, you know I'm but not project play- yeah i'm not playing that again like octopath traveler i was i was I'm already interested. The aesthetics are so my jam that uh, I'm in uh, from the start. But now that I know that the demo actually just flat out rolls into the proper game, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The, uh, I think I'm the there. only thing that, like, th- there will be some bug fixes, of course. But yeah, sure. the other thing the demo is missing are the side quests. Mm. Uh, because there are going to be moments in the full game where you'll be able to have those side quests, like, connections between characters in your party and those aren't in this this demo Mm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's probably why like the characters feel so disconnected right now is because those moments just aren't in the game um so i hopefully they fix that but uh we'll see how it goes i'm yeah i'm stoked it's gonna be a good month captain toad comes out that day too adventure pals adventure pals adventure (laughs) quent 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 uh, one one last Switch game to close out the NPC. show today. And PC. And PC. Uh, game called Hollow Knight. Now, 
I I've told you guys before that I am often skeptical uh, when people when every when the internet and mass yeah. is saying something is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, uh, I tend to approach it with a skeptical eye, and. Uh, you know, I, not just the internet. This, this this goes back. The first time I heard Radiohead's OK Computer was I got a used copy of it because I was like, I'm going to talk shit on this. I'm 16 and I suck. And I'm oh going to tell everybody horrible. why this is so bad and you're bad for thinking it's popular. And then I turned it on for the first time and said, oh, that's why this is so popular. This is amazing. This is it's that good. To and, be fair, that's, that's exactly how I was with Journey. I'm like, it right. really... The fact that all, all 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 the game journalists are like, oh my god, this is life changing. You're gonna, gonna feel be so many like, emotions. I'm like, oh god, you're all full of shit. Yeah, but no, no, they up. were right. And I I had the exact same experience with Undertale, where you know I I got Undertale when it was on sale, and it was right after that whole blow up where you know Game Facts users declared it the greatest game of all time. Oh god. Yeah, and I I started playing it and I was like, what is this bullshit? And within an hour, I was like, oh, this is beautiful and I will love it for the rest of my life. I turned on Hollow Knight. I downloaded it the, the day of the Nintendo Direct during E3 when they announced that it was finally coming out for the Switch. I had been waiting for the Switch version and I I like metroid style games the ye old metroidvanias are a thing that i adore i've i've loved the resurgence of this style of game making in recent years really enjoyed guacamelee dust and elysian tale iconoclast owlboy axiom verge you know this is uh, the the more recent shantae's this is the the style of game to make it's a crowded field this is a game that people haven't shut up about for about a year since it finally came out. Within an hour of playing this, I was saying to myself, I think this is one of the best games I've played in five years. Oh my god! And it, I still haven't finished it. I've got ten hours into Hollow Knight right now. I think that this is the first game that I have played in this style of game since playing super metroid for the first time and i am including symphony of the night in this summation i think this is the best game in this genre since 1994 and super metroid wow i think that this i think that people should just go ahead and if you're teaching classes at programs like carnegie mellon and nyu's game center and you're trying to teach people how to make a game that is environmentally rich gameplay dense that story is tied in this is the game to use as your model you know what you know what you know what's incredible this is their first game it's their first goddamn game it that's is, bananas it's it is so special and i i'm not going i don't want to go into a lot of details okay. uh i will i will say that the way this game plays is uh Please forgive me for using the phrase Dark Souls. Oh my god. <laughs> but but uh... the, the, reali the reality is, is that Hollow Knight is structurally, pace-wise, etc., directly indebted to Super Metroid. It is a, a masterfully woven, interconnected series of different two-dimensional environments that you go back and forth in from left to right, saving your game at certain places. 
and fighting hard fights and collecting items. There is no RPG bullshit. There are no stats. There is no leveling. There is no fat on this game. You find new items and new skills and discover new things, and it increases your ability to navigate and survive and enter new areas. It is indebted to Dark Souls as well, insofar as there is a mechanic, your, your little knight, who is this tiny little bug with a white ghost head and a tiny little white sword called a nail. And you have the ability at various points to heal yourself. At the beginning of the game, you only have five points of health. You get hit, one point of health is gone. Very, very Yikes. simple. It's not... You know, there's there's no variance of like this enemy's gonna cause two hits of damage, and this enemy's you know at the very beginning it's one hit, and then you do meet things later that can cause more damage, etc. And you can heal yourself by focusing your power. When you kill an enemy, it fills up a soul meter. Think of it as your magic points, and you can focus and heal yourself. If you die, all of your money. And half of your ability to raise soul is left behind because you need to literally go get your soul back. Oh, that sounds familiar. Right. Your soul is gone. You go back to where you died. It is much less harsh than the Dark Souls system. You don't, like, lose your money if you die again. As long as you get back to your soul, you're back to full strength, and you get all of your loot back. But you have to fight your soul... Once you get back there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're kinda. You most you just have to hit your soul a couple of times with your sword. It doesn't really give you a problem. Okay. But but there is there are moments where it is platforming challenge to even get to your soul again, and you know there there are spots where it's very tricky to just hit them to get your gear back. All of that said, uh, the aesthetic. The world is so unlike anything else I have ever seen in a video game. It is, it takes a very familiar trope of like the forgotten world. You're descending into a forgotten world, and it's a faded civilization. This is this is basic fantasy literature stuff. This isn't just video game stuff. It's Joseph Campbell stuff. You are descending into a, an ethereal, elegiac, mournful realm that has moved on to fix some long-ago hurt that brought this culture down. But it's all bugs. Everything is a bug in Hollow Knight. Everything is dung beetles and flies, and it's gross, and it takes things that are inherently alien to human instincts, skittering, nasty little things from the ground, and it makes you care about them. And every, every single second in this game, I never had that feeling of, like, oh god, I have to backtrack now. Oh god, I, I, this, this feels like a video game space. When I play a game like Iconoclasts, which I think is magically done, it's a beautiful game, I never feel like the space is truly organic. This is video mm, game challenge mm -hmm. leading into another video game challenge. Playing Hollow Knight, I... I Kate had to, like, come in the room and be like, what are you doing? Because I kept being like, oh, my God. Where am I? What is this shit? What is even... Where am I now? I've never... I haven't felt a true sense of mystery from a game like this in ages. And that's why I don't want to go into specifics beyond 
you know, just sort of the, the basics here, because I think the most precious thing about Hollow Knight is that there is genuine mystery inside of this game. And especially right now with the, just the nature of following video games and loving video games are you're inundated with information about things. You're given previews, you see streams, there are long plays, there are YouTube things, and mystery is in short supply. True. We talked about this last week when we talked about Destiny. You know, Destiny 2 is a thing that didn't satisfy any of the three of us because it was lacking the mystery of Destiny 1. The experience of encountering the Court of Oryx for the first time and saying, Whoa, what are these coins? I got these coins? I don't know what these coins do. And then you have to talk to a human being and, and, and discover something for yourself. Hollow Knight is in a mysterious object made with impeccable craft. And I, I just, just please play this game. Yeah, play this it's, game. It's, it's amazing that it's $15. It's only $15. It's amazing that they're continuing to update it with free DLC content. Like, they have done two or three huge content updates, and it's just included in the price of the game. Like, they haven't increased the price. All that stuff's coming to the Switch version, too. And like you said, like, that game came out on PC last year, and the mystery is still there. Like, it yeah. hasn't been completely spoiled and ruined. Like, you know, you, you if you don't watch the latest Marvel game or Marvel movie within the weekend, it's all ruined for you. Right. It's completely right. ruined. Uh, and this, like, the game's been out for a year. It has the same kind of, like, a similar, maybe not as vociferous, but it has a cult following that, like, yep. Undertale does. But, like no one spoiled anything and that's oh. cool man I, I so okay i'm gonna give you one little detail about the world because i just i love it so much and i just need okay so you in your exploration in plumbing deeper and deeper and deeper into this place eventually you'll come to one of a series of rooms really is random which one you'll see first but in it there will be nothing but a bench to sit on and save your game and a metal box and if you examine the metal box it will say pay the toll and it'll be x number of like you're constantly collecting money from enemies and it's probably like 50 which at that point of the game is precious like 50 is the difference between you having more resources to flesh out your map or get a new item to make yourself stronger pop $50 into this toll box. And then a bell pops out of the ground when you put it in the toll box. And it's like, oh my god. Well, everything down here hates me. If I hit that bell and some juicy little worm explodes my brain, that's on me and I don't want it to happen. I don't care how many sweet dope items he gives me. You hit the bell, a giant door opens. And out of the giant door gallops an enormous elephant-sized stag beetle with a long beard and a saddle on his back. And he just says to you, I've been lost in these tunnels for hundreds of years. I used to take people around the city, but all of the old tunnels are closed. You've opened them again. I'll take you anywhere. And that's it. That's your fast travel system. 
Oh my god. It's fucking awesome. And when... If you just go in the room and summon him, and if, like, say you're sitting there, you're looking at your map, or you're looking at your items, you're trying to decide what to do next, the stag beetle is, like, restless. He's, like, shaking his head back and forth, and he's, like, the sound effects that all the creatures make in this game are so real. Because, like, the stag beetle's just this monster, and he's just going, oh, 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 oh. Oh my god, play this game. Just play Hollow Knight. It's wonderful, and like I almost I almost started crying talking about this game. This game is this it's is doing shit. something to you. It's doing this. This game's really getting me. It's really, it's it's the first. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. You all listening are whole things. You're also doing something to me. We love all of the people that make this show happen. I thank you so much. We all thank you, and uh, Dave is going to thank you actively. Those of you who back us at a certain level on Patreon. Yes. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast, you can uh, give us money. Dollars helps us put on this show and it uh, allows us to do the show without uh, having to come up with reasons to care about Blue Apron and all of their food that tastes like vinegar. Nah. Uh, so uh, for backing us at $10, I'll give you a special shout out here. So uh, special thanks to Mirko Orico Terreno, Ryan Brady, John, Nick Grugan, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Peter, Ryan Mance, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Chris Stubbs, Flunky the Best Squirrel You Know, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, Olmick, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Double Taco, Francisco Areas Guimareas, Kaylin Houston, Axel Olson Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, <laughs> excuse me, Shane Nilsson, Fossey uh, Sayan, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, uh, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Babam Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damian Michalis. Thank you guys all so very much. And thank you for listening to the show as well, whether you back us or not. We really appreciate it. Uh, Dave, also, speaking of people who listen to this show, yeah, what do you have for them? Yeah, I've also got some free game codes here uh, for sharing, uh, for leaving us a review on iTunes. Uh, or for sharing uh, our posts or our uh, um, episodes on Twitter by tagging at uh, ContinuePod in there. I put your name down for a contest in which you win a free game. I have a couple uh, PS, uh, North American PS4 codes and a few Steam codes lying around, so I want to pick a winner right now. We're going to do boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and hey, Punk Rock Bob. Yay! You destroyed yourself. Yay! Punk so, Rock Bob. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or send an email to info at continuepod.com and we'll get you covered. Uh, for anybody who is listening to this, if it's your first show, if it's your latest show and you're not a backer, just thank you so much for listening to us at all. It, it, like, it means the world. Um, we would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review. We would love it if you would go to Twitter and share the show with your friends, tell people to listen to it. If they're like, they're like, I need to hear somebody talk about Event Horizon and Dinosaurs simultaneously <laughs> while driving to work. You're like, you got an option. It's out there. Uh, for those of you who think, I want to see this show done even better, you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast and, you know, even a dollar helps. Every yeah. single, any single contribution 
lets us do this show even yeah. better. And our uh, next goal is uh, uh, $1,500 a month. And if we hit $1,500 a month, we all get better gear. And yep. we, we get better microphones. We get be- uh, 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 the ability to make this entire show sound better. Yeah. And uh, if you back us at $5, we have a Discord that you can hang out with. It's a lovely group of people. Shout out to everyone in our Discord. Hello. And uh, we also do exclusive intro and outro sections that uh, only the backers get. So you get access to that too. So Yeah. If you want to hear, if you want to hear us talk about Mother 3, and I know that there's one of you, uh, you, <laughs> you will be able to hear that if you back and, and listen to this show. Because we're going to talk about it after we're done talking about ourselves some more. Susan, speaking of ourselves, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. Or they can check out what I have to say on Pocket Gamer every week. Uh, this week I wrote my column about a, another Switch game called Unholy Heights. Ooh. Which is about managing an apartment complex for monsters. <laughs> you where do you find these management games? Right? Oh, God. It's 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 management slash tower defense. Oh, Because cool. you have an apartment complex, so you, you know, you, you want to keep your, you, you got to get tenants and collect the rent. But then heroes being heroes, they're assholes. They're like, I'm going to come wreck your shit because I'm a hero and you're a monster. So then you got to send the monsters out to attack the heroes so they don't just like rob you blind. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And some of the some of the monsters look like ducks. Ducks. Yeah. Ducks. <laughs> Little duckies. We don't yeah. need no stinking ducks. Dave Roberts, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter these days at David Robots. Uh, kind of keeping things low key on the on the writing front, but uh, for now, for now, for now, for we'll now. see how things go. I I've got some uh, prospects with some normal jobs coming up, so we'll see if I, I get back in the writing game. You know, maybe uh, we should make it a a donation tier that if we hit a certain tier, we'll start adding writing to to our yeah. I'd like to do blog posts. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's add that to the next tier. Yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take a look at that. We'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, As for me, everybody, you can find me at a John Agnello on Twitter. You follow that. You can follow at Continue Pod. We've already plugged that a couple of times. Uh, as of this recording, you will no longer find me at my day job, VentureBeat.com. Uh, I am moving on to greener pastures. Uh, that said, I did have an interview go up there with the president of Treasure Games, creators of Guardian Heroes, Gunstar Heroes, Mischief Makers, Astro Boy Omega Factor. So many good things that is still there, and I encourage you to go read it just because it's an awesome interview and Treasure Games rules. Uh... And you can still catch me at other places like the AV Club. I, I am still writing for the AV Club, which doesn't seem probable at all. Uh, and you can hear me on my other podcast, Video Game Grooves. Uh, we're going to have another episode coming up soon. So if you like video game musics and are a record nerd, go listen to that. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.